2: To day eight of the twelve days of Christmas.
1: Fa la 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 la.
2: Oh nice. Thanks. That was a really good musical interlude. I enjoyed it.
1: Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it.
2: I feel like you've really just hit the nail on the head with that one.
1: Yeah. I couldn't come up with any lyrics, <come> up- <laughs> was it? <laughs> lyrics, yeah, couldn't come up with any lyrics, so that's all you're getting, I'm afraid.
2: I've got three spooky stories for you today. Oh no. Story number one comes from Matt. Growing up, my siblings and I would often see a shadow man and sometimes a cat walking between my parents' bedroom and my sister's bedroom. We never really thought much of it and my mum would always question, see that cat again? whenever one of us shot our focus up the dimly lit hallway. This went on until I was a teenager and then all of a sudden it stopped. I moved out and I've since moved back home so I could go back to studying. I'm now in my sister's bedroom where we would see the ghost cat and the shadow man walk into, but nothing out of the ordinary has happened, at least that I've noticed. I remember laying in bed one morning before school. I was still in primary school, so I may have been 10 or 11. My oldest sister, Chloe, was in the bathroom getting ready to leave for high school. I could hear her moving things around and just being generally noisy, and I can remember being mad at her for being so loud. Next thing, my mum walked past my bedroom door. I thought nothing unusual about it. She had her long brown curly hair down like she did every morning. She was wearing her pink nightie with a teddy bear print on it. I called out to her, but she didn't reply and just kept walking. A few seconds after I called out for her, my sister also called out for her, which made sense to me since the bathroom was the next room down the hall on the right. She didn't get a reply either but like me, must not have thought anything of it and continued doing what she was doing what came next has always confused and frankly unnerved my sister and I my mum walked out of her bedroom she came to my door and asked me what I wanted I asked her how she had gotten back to her bedroom but she was confused and had no idea what I was talking about my sister came out of the bathroom and asked my mum why she ignored her Again, my mum had no idea what my sister meant. I asked Chloe if she saw mum walk past the bathroom door and she confirmed that she had seen her as well walking down the hall into the living room. None of us knew what was going on but we were all a bit freaked out. I don't know if it was the sense of security the morning light gave us but the three of us went to look for our doppelganger mum and she was nowhere to be found. There was no explanation to this instance. But one thing I did realise after the fact was that the first mum didn't make any noise in the floorboards when she was walking past. One day I was home alone with my sister Chloe. I honestly can't remember why it was only the two of us but it was only the two of us in the house. This happened not long after the ghost mum experience so again we were both youngish but not small child young. We were sitting in the living room watching TV. It was ready steady cook which was a banger show to watch on daytime telly, when something drew our attention to the doorway of the hallway. We both saw a man. An ordinary man with short brown hair, dressed in plain white clothes, a jacket and a pair of pants, just standing in the doorframe of the hallway staring at us. The expression on his face was blank, but it was like he knew we were staring at him. My sister and I looked at each other, looked back and he was gone. She broke the silence and asked me if I saw him too and I assured her that I did. She asked me to go and check the rooms in the hallway to see if I could find him. I don't know why my dumbass said okay, but I did. The whole time I was shitting bricks though. But no, he was nowhere to be found. After I gave the all clear to my sister, we went around and checked all of the doors and windows like we suspected they were all closed. The next event was experienced by my whole family and again to this day there has been no answer. It was later on in the evening on a school night, so all of us kids were in bed, but my parents were up watching TV in the living room. All of a sudden my brother Scott, who I shared a bedroom with, and I heard a loud bang on the roof above our room. It scared us, obviously. But what came next made it so much worse. Whatever, or whoever it was, began to run on the roof we could hear the tiles beneath whatever it was letting us know exactly where it was we ran out to my parents and then my sisters followed from their rooms my parents were alarmingly aware of it too my dad grabbed the torch and ran outside to see who was on the roof he began shouting for whoever was up there to get down but he was unable to see anybody All the while, we were still listening to the footsteps running on the roof. I remember he was running from the front yard to the backyard to try and catch whoever it was. Unable to, he got my mum to call our neighbour to see if they could spot anybody from his yard. Again, nobody was seen up there, but the running continued. In the end, Dad and Phil, my neighbour, climbed up on the roof. It should have been comforting not finding anybody up there, I guess. But the fact that those footsteps still continued while they were on the roof made it worse. So instead of just one set of footsteps across the roof, there were now three. They never figured out what was going on, but once Dad came back inside and Phil went home, Dad told us to go to bed and ignore it. It wasn't easy sleeping that night, but I guess it happened because I woke up the next morning and went to school like nothing had happened. Even though I was a child, I'm fairly confident on the fact that it was running footsteps. We were feral children and would often climb up onto the roof, so we were very familiar with the sound of footsteps on our tiled roof. My family experienced plenty of odd things, and there are plenty more stories like my parents spotting a cryptid-like creature while they were hunting, my great-grandma visiting me the night she passed away, my sisters Chloe and Amy and their friends doing a Ouija board in their room, now my room, My niece talking to my sister Amy, who passed away when she was 19, in my bedroom, and my uncle being followed by the Min Min Lights when riding his bike back from the river. But those stories I told were the ones that have always made me feel the most uncomfortable. There was one more, but this is one I have never told anybody because it genuinely scared me so much. I don't know how old I was, maybe eight or nine, but I knew I was gay. Me being irrational and unaccepting of this made an irrational statement like I would sell my soul to be straight while crying in my room. The episode of The Simpsons where Homer sells his soul for a donut was recently on. Well that night I woke up in a sort of a trance. At least I thought I woke up and I began to hear a voice demanding me to kill my brother. I don't know if you guys have seen Donnie Darko but those scenes where the people's intention energy was happening. That was coming out from my body, that's the best way I can describe it what I was seeing, and it was making a path towards my brother's bed. All the while, the voice got more demanding, telling me to kill him. It turns out I wasn't awake, because I woke up extremely sweaty, extremely scared, and just not knowing what happened. It felt like when you wake up from one of those dreams where you're half awake, half asleep, super disoriented, and confused. But oh boy, was I scared. I obviously didn't kill my brother, by the way.
1: Thanks for that caveat. That's that's good to know. I have got a question for you. Yes. What is the phenomena that caused the appearance of the jewel mother?
2: I don't know, but that is uh, that really scares me.
1: It's really odd, right?
2: Doppelganger stories I find really frightening because I don't ugh. And the fact that it was the two siblings yeah. that witnessed it yeah. who weren't they weren't having a conversation. Nope. They were into like she was up getting ready. Because you could say, oh, he was obviously more sleepy than he realised. Yeah. But she was up getting ready for yeah. school. different rooms. Different rooms. So that whatever that doppelganger mother was, was making a pathway. Like, as in, yeah. she walked a, a very particular pathway through that house.
1: That's, it's weird. Oh, I don't, I don't know, know what that is. Because it doesn't... It is doppelganger, but it's not doppelganger at the same time, is it? It's like, it feels like ethereal. Is that the right word?
2: Yeah, I think so. Like otherworldly. Yeah
1: very strange and the running on the roof is terrifying I mean
2: that can fuck off the running on the roof although
1: I did find it quite funny that Matt said that they used to run on the roof as kids so they knew exactly what it sounded like because they were feral <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love that uh, it
1: doesn't make it any less scary though no.
2: definitely not no was that you? what? that noise what noise? did you not just hear that? no no really hope it was her snoring
1: they didn't hear anything
2: did you not hear anything at all no. oh bollocks <laughs> so our second story today comes from rick i used to be a manager at a hotel the premises was a large restaurant with decent sized bar and jockey bar off the side or as many people call them a tap room I had accepted the offer of moving into the premises and becoming the landlord by living in the spacious apartment above the bar and adjacent to the six hotel rooms we had on offer. The building was old, a proper English countryside coach house that over the years had become bigger and repurposed into the pub that we know today. It was situated in a very small village with not a lot going on and not a lot else but fields for miles around. I'm reluctant to give the name of the place, because I haven't gotten permission, and I know after speaking to paranormal investigators that a lot of private businesses don't like to be public around a potential haunting. Okay, so what I'm going to tell you is three short stories from my time of living here. And for a disclaimer, I don't technically believe in ghosts. I would love to. But there are so many falsified stories and exaggerated tales that it takes too much of any chance of truth away. My stories are a collection of events that my logical and scientific brain cannot comprehend and neither can those who shared my experiences. It was literally the first morning after moving in. It was a weird one for me because I'd worked here for over a year prior to moving in and to call this place home now was odd. It felt like a palace and at a young age I was living the dream. I came down in my lounging around clothes to make coffee at around 6.15am. I noticed the hoover cable stretched across the old wooden flooring going off into the restaurant, so I presumed the cleaner had arrived. She normally did at around six-ish. I turned the coffee machine on and started going through our booking diary to see what the day lay ahead, when I heard our cleaner singing, so I thought I'd go and say hello while the machine brewed. I turned and followed the cable and found her in our restaurant annex. We spoke a little bit about my first night and... I walked back to the bar to get my coffee. I was a little stunned when I noticed a man leaning on the bar around 20 feet away from me. He was about 6 foot tall, mid-40s, wearing a black cap similar to those associated with old men and a long beige raincoat similar to the one Columbo wears. I shouted, I'll be with you in a minute and made my way to turn the machine off. As I walked I noticed the man nod to acknowledge he had heard me and walk away from me with one hand leaning on the bar. He was walking down the end of the bar towards a walled area where our regulars sit. The wall separates the main bar from the jockey bar. I thought that this was our delivery guy for the kitchen given it was a Tuesday. I suddenly stopped mid-thought and mid-step when I realised we had no one staying in the hotel, it was 6.30am and all the doors would have been locked as a security measure. So how did he get in? I started to panic a little bit, and made my way around the corner of the bar, making sure I was on the staff side, so as to put the counter between me and him. I peeped around the corner and noticed he was gone. I shouted, Hello, do you need letting into the kitchen? There was silence. Utter silence. I walked down the bar and into the jockey bar through the archway and there was no one. You could hear a pin drop. I popped my head into the toilets to make sure he wasn't in there and then scratched my head and thought that I must be imagining things. As I went to get the coffee and go and speak to the cleaner, I noticed she was leaning on the bar. Did you see him? And I said, yeah, delivery guy, a bit early for him, I don't know how he's got in. She did a nervous chuckle and replied, oh, that's not the delivery guy. That's Harry, our permanent resident, if you will. A chill went down my spine. I had two questions. Why had I never seen him before in all the times I'd worked the breakfast shift? And why had she named it? She just laughed and said that he appears rarely, but always early in the morning. Obviously, working there for over ten years, she had had her fair share of encounters. We had a small desk area which had a computer that was used to manage the hotel bookings. It was where we checked guests in, checked guests out and reviewed inquiries. One of the other managers was at a desk and I had my back to her making sure we had the cutlery polished for the evening. I heard her say, I'll be with you in a second, madam. And I turned around and noticed that no one was there. It was in our lull period of the day where nothing happens, after lunch and before tea. Being in the middle of nowhere, we weren't the place to drink in the day. I said who are you talking to and she said oh that lady that's just walked into the restaurant I think she's she's wearing a black outfit I walked into the restaurant to see if she needed help and there wasn't anyone in our restaurant it was all still closed until the evening service before I could go back and make a joke about her cracking up I noticed walking off into the annex where we host parties and events a black gown turning a corner so I ran after her "'and said, Madam, are you okay?' "'She was walking away from me towards the curtain. and "'She was a small, old lady. "'She was dressed like she was attending a funeral, "'all in black with a black veil, "'walking at a very slow pace, "'like she was in a dream state or something. "'She didn't seem to hear me and turned the corner. "'When I went after her, she was gone, "'vanished into thin air.' The only way she could have gotten away from me was to go past the other manager at the restaurant entrance. I went back. Did you see her come back? No, I didn't. Where's she gone? We looked everywhere, but alas, there was nothing. We gave each other a look, a look to say, have we just experienced something? And never mentioned it again. Now, with the first two specters, I didn't feel anything. I wasn't scared. I almost accepted that if they were what I thought I saw, then they had every right to be there and I wasn't going to question that. With this experience, it was slightly different, to the point of terror. I was closing the bar one night after a busy Saturday. It was around 1am and everyone had gone home. We had no residence in the hotel again, so it was an easy day for me. The only residence that we were meant to have had cancelled. I poured myself a beer and sat on the sofas in the main bar area by the fire. One of our regulars loved the fireplace and took it upon himself to take over. This is all well and good until he had it roaring at last orders and then proceeded to leave himself, meaning I had to wait until it was but embers in the dark. I was watching the highlights of the football from the Saturday daytime on my phone and put my phone up on the table. About ten minutes later, I heard a loud creak. Now, this isn't uncommon for the building. As I alluded to earlier, it was old. Pipes groan and floorboards creak. I thought nothing of it until I heard another one. And then another one. It was footsteps. I stood up and span around. In the dark of the bar, I couldn't see much. But I didn't see anyone from the glow of lights that I had left on. I picked up the poker from the fireplace and walked towards the jockey bar, ironically going against all of my training to handle conflict. The year before, I'd locked someone in with me who was very drunk and had been the subject of a cruel practical joke by their friends in locking him in the toilet and then leaving with everyone else at lock-up. I thought I may have locked someone else in the pub and they were being quiet because they knew they shouldn't be there. I opened the old wooden door to go into the jockey bar and saw that it was empty, but for the faint green glow of the emergency exit light, Casting an eerie effect on the walls. I hadn't noticed the shadows created by the glow before, but realised that right now I was in fight or flight mode with a possible intruder and all my senses were heightened. After checking everywhere I decided that there wasn't anyone there and had satisfied my curiosity enough to go back to the football and walked back into the main bar. As I opened the wooden door I heard two loud creaks followed by one louder one no more than four yards behind me. I felt a cold wisp of breeze across my neck and suddenly became overwhelmed with the feeling of great sadness, a wanting to cry and a great weight on my shoulders. I felt as though someone was stood directly behind me breathing on my neck. I'm six foot two and I felt as though I was being loomed over so this figure or whatever it was must have been upwards of six foot six. As quickly as the feeling came it went. The air became clear again. I couldn't feel the presence anymore, the fear and sadness had gone and left the adrenaline rushing around my body. I sprinted through the building, grabbed my phone and rushed up the stairs and locked myself in my apartment. I don't think I've ever done the security lock so fast in all my life. I sat in my living room and stayed there watching the doorway until I fell asleep. It is worth noting that I lived in that building for nearly three years. I didn't see or feel the three spirits again. My take on ghosts is that we all create, burn and leave energy in our wake every single day, whether it's thermal, motion or sound, we leave awake. Now when we die, that energy has got to go somewhere. Energy doesn't just go, it gets recycled. I believe that ghosts, spectres, spirits are our energy imprinted on the world after we die. The more traumatic or horrific a death is, or the circumstances leading to it, the stronger the energy print is due to the build up before death. Oh,
1: I think there's probably plenty of stories similar to the story of Harry. So many. Because I feel like I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of hauntings that happen at, at your favourite place, and I'd imagine there are a lot of men and women whose favourite place is the pub.
2: One hundred percent. For a lot of people, the pub is solace. Yeah. And I don't mean that in like, oh, they're raging alcoholics and they're in the pub drinking all the time. No. We know so many people that go to the pub, have a couple of drinks, it's sociable, they have a chat with people, it's familiar, they go in, the barman is like, your usual, brilliant, excellent, and then they leave again. And it's a place of unwinding, relaxing, and being really happy. So it makes perfect sense that they would then go back and revisit that in the afterlife.
1: And even more sense when you think like you're looking at 30 40 years ago. Pub was the central hub of of your social life, wasn't it? It was nothing else. Especially <laughs> in rural areas. Yeah. So it would make it makes total sense to me. I think there's probably 10 a penny for that that kind of story. Chasing the uh, the ghostly woman was interesting though, right?
2: Yeah. Because again, we've got Two people that saw the ghostly woman, two people that saw Harry. I know he was on his own for yeah. the last bit, but you have multiple witnesses yeah. seeing the same apparition.
1: Yep. Yeah. there's definitely a load of energy in old pubs and old buildings like that anyway. Loads All of those old coach houses,
2: yeah. like 100%. There's
1: always different people with different life stories, different purposes passing through there constantly for yeah, hundreds and hundreds of years. They're going to leave some kind of imprint Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: And our third story today comes from Karen. My husband's grandma died before I met him. When we got engaged and were staying at his dad's house, I took the engagement ring off and left it on the bathroom counter when I went to bed. In the dark, my husband asked where the ring was and I told him. And just then the light on the dresser came on directly illuminating a photo of his grandma who the diamond ring originally belonged to I got the ring out of the bathroom and we started sleeping in another room after that and I always closed the door when we're there just to be sure I also sleep with my ring on when I'm there that was in 2004 and fast forward to sometime over the past six to nine months We were at my in-laws again and my husband's stepmom asked if I wanted to take a different old photo of the grandparents with us. A cool old portrait in an oval frame so I was so happy to bring it. I hung it up in our living room and it only made me feel a tiny bit weird. The following things have happened since then and nothing like them has ever happened before. I was home alone working and the TV came on. The remote was nowhere near me, the TV hadn't been on in hours. So I went to pick up the remote and said out loud, look, we're not watching TV right now, and turned it off. Another time, we were all in the living room sitting down, my husband, our 10-year-old kid, and our 80-pound dog. There was a big, fairly heavy cardboard guitar box leaning at an angle against the dining table. It was nowhere near it. Suddenly the box fell over with a loud thud. No one was walking around or doing anything that would shake the floor. To be clear, the box fell over the opposite way that it was leaning. It was leaning towards the table, so you would think it would slide down, if anything. But it went the other way. It fell away from the table, if that makes sense. In other words, it looked like somebody pushed it. My husband reported these next two things, and I know it's not fair, but I don't give them as much weight as my own experiences. He said that he was looking everywhere for a specific guitar pick, And when he looked back at the bed where he'd already searched there it was. Another time he was recording himself playing guitar and says that in the video you can hear a second guitar playing. I couldn't tell but he said it was really weird. The grandma in the photo who originally had the diamond played the guitar. I think this was when I took the photo down and put it in our room, leaning up against the wall by the dresser. I know it seems like a weird move but looking at it was creeping me out. "'yet I was nervous about putting it away. "'My husband was like, oh, you shouldn't have done that, "'and I got annoyed at him for trying to scare me. "'He was joking, which I knew, but still. "'Sometime later, I was putting something away in my son's room at night. "'He was in the living room at the time. "'I turned the overhead fan light on, and the best way I can explain it is like a commercial haunted house prop light. "'It sort of flickered and flashed in a way that I've never seen in 44 years.' It was extreme and ongoing and didn't look realistic at all, or like an electrical issue. That light has never acted weird in the past, although full disclosure the fan part has malfunctioned before but not in a spooky way. Naturally it stopped right before my husband got there to see it. Another time we'd been out of town for the day so my neighbour had been over to let our dog out. We still had the Christmas tree up, but just some star shaped lights which were on a timer. They're multifunction lights and i had set them to a slow fade. We pulled up to the house in the dark now and through the front window you could see wildly flashing lights. I went in first and the lights on the tree were going apeshit, flashing really fast, a setting I would never use. I actually took a video of the setting later. It was especially creepy because there was no other lights on in the house. I called my neighbour to ask if the power had gone out while we were gone. It hadn't. I told her what happened and she told me that the lights were doing that when she was over there, but she didn't want to say anything because she thought that that was just how I liked them. She also said that when she got there, the dog wouldn't come out of the house fast enough. Normally she has to bribe to get him out, even if he's been inside all day. And there's one more thing, and it's the one that really creeped me out. My son falls asleep without enough covers on, so I always cover him up after he falls asleep. He virtually never wakes up when I do this. One night, when I went to cover him up, he sat up really fast with his arms outstretched and grabbed my hand. While he had his mouth all the way open like a dementor would, I don't remember if his eyes were open, but I reflexively slapped his hand away. Then he grabbed me around the neck and pulled me down into a big hug, neither one of us said anything. He's never done anything like that before as a joke. And I really think he was asleep up until that point, and maybe the whole time. I asked him about it a day or two later to see if he even remembered it. He sort of hesitated, and then said he did remember. I asked if he was joking or what, and again he sort of paused and said yes. It definitely wasn't convincing, but I also don't know why he'd lie about it. That was about a month ago. Nothing else has happened and I plan to return the picture of the grandparents the next time we visit the in-laws, but I'm kind of nervous about doing that too. We now have one of grandma's guitars hanging on the wall in our bedroom. Maybe she likes that better.
1: I was particularly intrigued by the husband talking about being able to hear a second guitar on his recording because I feel like if you're a music person and you play instruments that is something that you very clearly recognise. Definitely. So our friend Ben, for example, who is Poisonous Cabinet, Sinead's husband, he would 100% be able to tell you how many guitars were playing on a piece of music, no problem.
2: Whereas I 100% wouldn't. Me either. I'd be like, (laughs) 7,000. No, that's one guitar So yeah, if you're a musical person, you do know, 100% he would notice that. And if he said it was weird, I would be inclined to go okay it must be fucking weird because yeah. he thinks it's weird
1: yep it's funny about the engagement ring as well with the light
2: turning on as if to go
1: it's
2: there and also it's my engagement ring you better sleep with it on
1: mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if my uh my one of my rings came from bizarrely both my grandmother's one grandmother gave it to the (laughs) other grandmother and then it ended up with me. Um, And I never wear my engagement ring or my wedding ring. I always take them off and forget about them and leave them here, there and everywhere. So I'm waiting for my haunting. Mm. It's going to come at some point.
1: Maybe they'll come together.
2: Oh God, no, that'd be formidable. (laughs) Nobody needs that. You don't need that. I don't need that. They are two very strong women. I don't need that. But yeah, I love it. the ghosts of older women because they always seem to be slightly passive aggressive yeah. which I'm here for Yeah, in At- every story we have it's like I think it's grandmother either checking on the grandkids being really lovely yeah. or being like I'm sick of your shit yeah. to adults which I'm here for
1: but in a sort of caring way as well like because they're not going to go I'm sick of this about something petty are they? well they might do <laughs> I would <laughs>
2: if you enjoyed today's episode you can find out everything you need to know about us on real life ghost stories podcast.com you can you can send your own story to your real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com you can find us on patreon patreon patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you can get access to heaps of extra content and on that note we shall see you tomorrow adios